Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kel on Earth Revisited, where you will travel with me, Kelly Karg, back through my life and musings as I celebrate the milestone of 100 chapters and more of the original blog. I have started from the beginning and continue to move through 15 years of observations as I find my voice and my place in the world and reflect on who that person was. So come with me a year after I began this project into part four as I celebrate the achievement of longevity and literacy. Oh, the lessons we are learning. Part four, chapter one. A day in the life of an ex-grumpy expat. September 2011. So I've had a good day, which considering the fact that those were rare on the ground for me last spring, is pretty wicked. I woke up on this morning, a Saturday, and realized I didn't want to stay at home, hiding from the world all day. I wanted to go outside into the hot, humid, perfect day in Singapore. So I spent 10 minutes online discovering that there were a multitude of things to do in this island metropolis, especially on the weekend before its 46th birthday. The path on the North Bank. So because I'm a dork, um, I went to the museum. (laughs) Of course, it was the Asian Civilization Museum that has the most amazing and uh, varied artifacts in all of Asia or so they say. But more importantly, there were focused tours this weekend, revealing the myriad cultures that contribute to its history and countenance. It's time for me to love and respect this country after simply putting up with it this last year. And so I spent two and a half hours in a stunning museum, absorbing the Malaysian, Indonesian, British, Chinese, and Indian influences. And then through exhibits from Myanmar to Nepal to Vietnam. Okay, so that obviously is a lot of information, but my tour guide pointed out memorable and defining aspects of each culture's art and religion. And because it's me, and I'm pretty self-centered, I especially like that while Ellen, our tour guide, did a great job keeping us interested and laughing at her connections from history to her own family and interesting cooking techniques, most of the artifacts she showed were from countries I had visited and can share my own little anecdotes. I do like feeling knowledgeable. My fellow tourists were a family from the States, parents visiting their daughter, who just got a job here in Singapore. She had been to India as well, so between the two of us, we covered quite a bit of foundation knowledge of most cultures that we saw within the museum. So by the end of the tour, danged if I didn't feel a particular fondness for this place and all the crazy people who live here. I took the MRT downtown, and I'm looking to the east at one of the many bridges on the Singapore River toward the Marina Bay and the Esplanade Theatres, which looks like a big durian in the middle of all of the high-rises. After the temperature-controlled lunch hour, I took a nice long stroll up the river, taking pictures and eating at some of the riverside seafood places. Following this, my normal choice would have been to go straight home by the fastest means necessary, since I've done my good deed for the day by being less cynical. But I decided to go work out. Dude, what <laughs> craziness, I know. I went to a yoga class that nearly kicked my behind straight to the floor. On the walk down Orchard Road, I happened upon a huge culture of get out and do it today. 
film crews following a quartet of teenagers, tourists taking pics of postmodern statues, giant cell phone men passing out flyers, and my fave, men flying kites under the crisscrossing overhang of Ion Mall. Poetry in urban motion. It was a good day, and there will be more that I can be proud of, but for now, it's nice to take time out and acknowledge just one. remember much about that day except for the museum but I do remember the the light I think the feeling of actually wanting to move of actually wanting to get out and do things um, and I think I remember it because I don't remember much else about that time I, I don't want to say that I was officially depressed but I think I was um, not overly, I, I, you know, I wasn't, I don't, at that point, I don't think I had a lot of strong friendships that were there in Singapore at the time. Uh, I was enjoying my job, I think, um, but I was not enjoying my living situation. I wasn't enjoying how expensive Singapore was and I wasn't enjoying my idea of what Singapore was and I think it was a lingering awareness after I left Myanmar about what kind of person I was and what kind of person I wanted to be which sounds so (laughs) I mean hello you're trying to find your identity in what city you live in. But I mean, welcome to expat life. You're trying, you're looking at yourself through a lens of how other people view themselves within a city. And most people in that city are not transient like you are, like I am, like I was. And I didn't see myself as a Singapore kind of, it's almost like a personality test, right? I saw myself a little bit more like a, a Myanmar, but obviously not. I left that country feeling colonial and very British and very sunburnt and and booze-addled and just I didn't like that vibe of Kelly. For a long time I liked Myanmar because it was, gosh, real. And what does that word even mean? Because it was real. Because it was, people didn't just throw away things, they fixed them. Um, people had lives that they kind of got up every morning and did what they needed to do, made food for their family, went to work. And if there was something going on, like if there was a something broken, you just fixed it or got somebody to help you fix it. And that was, I liked that narrative so much better than the narrative of Singapore where everything is new and seeing seeing Asia this way, seeing seeing capitalism in a socialist state was really not what I was expecting. And for a long time, I, I think I, I just fought it. I you know, and I was confused even though 
I understood things so much better than I did in Myanmar, not only because people spoke English there, uh, but also because I understand the language of bureaucracy and things that work <laughs> and a system that's going to help you. You might be standing in line for hours, but it was a system set up to serve, if that's the right word. So I didn't feel, I don't know, I felt unmoored in a different way. I went to Myanmar because I wanted something different than my norm. And I went to Singapore because educationally and for, for my own job and for my, um, my professional development, it offered me so many areas of difference and unusual and, you know, all, all of these things that I've talked about before, like using a MacBook the first time, um, working with special needs kids specifically, uh, and having to educate myself on their own neurodiversity and middle school for the first time. And it was just, it was just so many things. And so I think towards the end of my, um, first year in Singapore, I was just, I think, I think I was overwhelmed with mm, the job. Sure. But I, I also hadn't met really strong friends that were sustaining. And I, I perhaps I had because, well, and now with this year, there are people that I'm meeting that I, that are helping me get out of this bubble, which hopefully we'll meet soon in some of these chapters. But I, Mm. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> getting back to the point here, getting back to my story, uh, I think I just, the friends that I had met, I think had just encouraged me to be like, just go do something. Because the friends that I did have had kids and, you know, and while I went out occasionally, like I didn't have like a ride or die, you know? So I just did it myself. And those of you who know me know I don't do that very often still. Like uh, that's very much part of my personality. I like exploring by wandering around and looking. Um, but when it comes to going and like engaging with other people and having conversations in the world, like it's not something that I, I do very often considering <laughs> the fact that I've been out here so long. Maybe that's why. Um, so this day, yeah, actually going on a tour and one of the very few times I've been on a tour where we were just kind of having a conversation and the family that was there with me were, were just kind of open. They wanted to learn and they were, their daughter was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. But then the parents were really excited and energetic. And I was like, okay, I, I like this attitude um, and learning about these cultures. And yes, I know that that part of this very short chapter was, and then we learned about these whole communities. And obviously that's not true. Like we learned about bits and very much like an international day where you learn about food and, you know, common motifs in their artwork and, um, traditional dress and big points in their history, potentially how colonialism impact, you know, stuff like that. But still, I, I felt, I'm like, oh, yay, I know a, I know a thing. I've been in Asia for three years. I actually, I do know some stuff. Isn't that nice? 
And so I think it was a result of finally seeing myself somewhere here, somewhere in Singapore. Not because it wasn't an open place for me, but because I didn't see myself as this fancy, you know, Asian version of what I came from, you know, from America. Um, Which again, after so much travel, of course the world's interconnected. And of course we engage with mm, affluence and we engage with security in, in pretty similar ways um, they, the colors and the trappings might be slightly different, but kind of not really. So I was disappointed, I think, for a while with Singapore that it couldn't escape the things that made America so, mm, so much a cliche. Um, and to that I say, you know, that's that's naivete and that's projecting and it's you know, just because you can't blame something or expect an answer to something that is a product of so much history and so much, again, interconnectedness. And the more that we see what other people have and how other people display their love, affection, wealth, security, prosperity, the more we we engage in that little dance. So I'm glad that I wrote this down and I'm glad I have this memory. Gosh, I say that a lot. <laughs> um, but I think I'm most glad that I wrote down the comment about the men flying the kites because I forgot about that. And that was <laughs> just the incongruity of kite flying on an urban metropolis street where there's this, if you haven't been to Singapore, it's this probably eight, 10 story building where these beams kind of cross, I don't know, it's it's a weird building, but it was it's big enough and there's this overhang that's big enough that you can fly kites under. And they were smiling and it was beautiful. And I'm really glad that I saw that and worked out that day and got out of my house and lived a little bit. That'll be a good one. That'll be one that I remember. So good job, Cal. Way to write that down. Thank you so much for joining me here at Kel on Earth Revisited. I hope to see you next time where Kelly gets a little bit selfish, going to random places all by herself, because she can. (laughs) Hope to see you there.